Good morning. It's 9.30 precisely on Thursday, the 30th of April, 2020. This is Skyhawk Thursday, our 27th show. It's also the day that Pi Corbett discovered gifts. Welcome to Radio Blogging, daily shows with interactive activities to keep everyone busy and engaged. Brought to you by Pi Corbett, David Mitchell, Ian Rocky, and Russell Prue. Just listen and blog. It's live, fun, and interactive. And with new educational tasks every day, just head over to radioblogging.net to listen and find out more. Oh, we're such in a good mood today. And it's the, the gifts have helped, I have to say. They have enormously helped. Uh, we're really excited. An amazing, cracking show. If you want to follow our guest author today, uh, listeners and uh, colleagues, uh, just go to at Jill underscore Lewis. It's Jill Lewis, uh, the author of the two titles where she is reading from today, Sky, Hawk and the Brilliant, The Closest Thing to Flying. And so at Jill underscore Lewis. Very important uh, that we uh, connect with our author. And we hope we're doing as very much, as much as we possibly can to help you achieve that. Get in contact with us today, listeners. We've got a text service, 07624802272. Texts are charged, or not charged, free from most mobile phones. If you're dialing from inside the UK, outside, you'll be charged your standard call rate for that. We're on email at um, radioblogging at gmail it's the gift thing radioblogging at gmail.com and on twitter at radioblogging uh, time to meet the crew this morning i thought we spent a couple of minutes just saying hello to everyone to ian rocky if head teacher extraordinaire welcome good morning to you sir how are you Good morning, Russell. I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, it's been another busy week, but it's been another fun week. Um, we have obviously been on radio blogging every day, been loving that this week. Uh, also, obviously, been coordinating uh, home learning and continuous provision. And a big shout out to all the head teachers and the teachers who are working incredibly hard to make sure that uh, schools and uh, parents are so well supported at home uh, working with their children. They are doing an amazing job. Indeed they are, and I think parents have just had a small taste of what it's like to be a teaching colleague, and it's, it's pretty <laughs> tough, isn't it? Really good. Uh, the fabulous Deputy Mitchell is also with us in his studio. David, how are you? Hi, very well, thank you. Uh, lovely day. It's not raining today, which is fantastic. I, the lights are off here. I'm, I'm all set for a, a busy a busy hour dealing with Padlets and the blog. Um, every day they get busier and busier, uh, which is fantastic to see. Um, so yes, I'm all poised, ready to go. We've got a great show lined up. I'm excited. Jill Lewis, one of my favourite authors. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to those readings. Good. And I've just been told on Twitter that Jill is a double underscore, not one, but two. It's amazing, isn't it? Two readings today, she's double underscore. So Jill, two underscores, Lewis, D double underscore together. It's the spectacles. Honestly, I haven't been able to get out for seven weeks, so I need a, a new pair of spectacles. And of course, time to meet the man himself, the uh, the bestest host in the world. And uh, how are you this morning, Pi? I'm in pig condition yes. and uh, and beautifully honed and wonderfully shaped as ever. <laughs> and the garden is looking good because it's had a good soaking. Everything is growing. It's f it's full of greenery outside, which is fantastic. I was up early because, as you know, my son works um, with his old people. So he's gone off uh, to, to get on the trolley there, wheel the tea around, wake everybody up, serve them their breakfast. So up early and um, got the socks on the right feet this morning. Frankie's folded, 
fold it up and put it in the cupboard. <laughs> I better explain for Jill Lewis, as I know Jill is listening. Frank is the, the name I have given uh, to a pair of trousers that I have. They're called Frank. And in the attic, I have a suitcase called Connie. Um, so I like giving names, Jill, to different things. Uh, I think it just amuses me. Uh, and we recently had a mouse in the house and there's been an enormous interest in this because I made the error of calling him Gerald. And of course, once things get a name, then it really is very, very difficult. So Gerald has been having a forage in the porridge. He made a hole in the fridge. He raided the bread bin. He, he got into the um, to where a packet where I kept my nuts and, and seeds and things. He's been an absolute pest. But later on today, you will find out what has happened to Gerald. So an update later on um, for us, Russell, on that front. Now, I'm wondering whether or not we should crack into our first activities. Creative games. Play and try with Ian and Pie. So for those of you who are new to the show and for Jill... Professor, not professor, he's not a professor. <laughs> Ian, you've become a professor rather than a head <laughs> teacher. You. Professor, Thank why not? I'm going to call you professor. Professor, I... <laughs> Ian and I. Five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't take long for it all to go wrong. <laughs> the rhyming genie is with us. So Ian and I play a couple of games and the children at home and at school make notes in their um, notebooks. Uh, while we're doing it and then we have a musical interlude of some sort while the games are played at home just to sort of warm ourselves up here and the mouse is called Gerald and Gerald is going to be quite scared today later on and you'll hear why so I thought we'd play the because game Gerald was very scared because over to you Ian he was chased by a dragon okay Gerald was chased by a dragon um, I'll do the because bit this time. Uh, Gerald was chased by a dragon because it was very hungry. Okay. Um, the dragon was hungry because it was starving. The dragon was starving because it had not been able to find anything to eat for at least a week. Uh, the dragon hadn't been able to eat for a week because it had become incapacitated. The dragon had become incapacitated because it had been attacked by sky pirates. Uh, the dragon had been attacked by sky pirates because they were friends with Gerald. Sky, the sky pirates were friends with Gerald because they recognised that he was very cunning. Gerald was very cunning because he was able to play out his daily activities in the House of Pie. Gerald was playing out his daily activities in the House of Pie because Pie's safeguarding wasn't very good. <laughs> and he broke it in. So that's the game, folks. It's a because game. It's getting used to saying one of those more extended sentences and giving reasons things. And you can do it very playfully. And if you sort of dry up, then just start again with another idea. So you could have Gerald was very scared because Gerald was very sad because Gerald was very um, angry because and that gets the game going. Let's do another one because <clears throat> the first um, the first reading Jill's going to do from Skyhawk, there is a secret 
that uh, comes into it. So I thought we'd do the old it's a secret, but and this could be very, very playful. You just create funny things that are impossible but might happen, I suppose. Um, it's a secret, but my kettle can whistle and sing. Uh, it's a secret, but I know a talking hedgehog. It's a secret, but I saw a London bus grow wings and fly. It's a secret, but I once saw a dancing troll. It's a secret, but I stuck a jelly. I once stuck a jelly onto the ceiling. It's a secret, but my bicycle can pedal itself. It's a secret, but one of my eyes froze in the cold weather. It's a secret, but I heard a teacup play a tune. It's a secret, but in our fridge, there is a forest. It's a secret, but I can teach mice to steal cheese. Mm. It's, a, it's a secret, <laughs> but I have an enormous tiger that I've just brought and put in the back room and <laughs> to eat your mouse, mate. So, boom, boom. So those are the two games. It's a secret, but and Gerald was very scared or very sad or very lonely would be an interesting one to do because so Russell, everybody at school and at home can crack on with playing the games. Um, they could either do it if you're in a pair or three, you could pass it around or if you're working solo, then jot it down like a list poem. And I think we ought to have a little bit of a, a, a musical interlude of some sort or maybe a few shout outs. What do you think? I can do that for you. This is going and getting music. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. It's 20 minutes to 10. This is Mission Impossible. Your mission, if you choose to accept it, bloggers, starts now. Hi, my name is Peter Bundle and you are listening to radioblogging.net. A very good morning to you. If you've just joined us, you're listening to radioblogging.net. The crew are here. Pi Corbett, Deputy Mitchell, Ian Rocky, and myself, Russell Prue. Great music there. And we like to play a few super tunes throughout the broadcast so that you can go away and do something on your computer at the same time listening to the great music. A very good morning. A couple of shout outs from me just to get us in the mood. Jill Lewis, uh, double underscore in the middle. So it's at Jill double underscore. My mistake this morning, Jill. So sorry. Jill underscore underscore Lewis. Jill Lewis is listening. Thank you so much she says frank the trousers and gerald this is a wallace and gromit story surely don't give him any more encouragement jill honestly please don't <laughs> it's already two books in a series he's talking to screenplay writers already oh we're going to see the disney the movie uh, sarah jordan good morning to you as well thank you so much indeed uh bantop primary school good to have you listening thank you for your tweet it's really good james walker as ever he wants us to welcome a first-time listener miss jordan uh, to the show hello top lsa and children's book reader extraordinaire highly regarded there miss jordan welcome to the show thanks so much i hope you're enjoying it and do get in touch if you're on twitter as well just drop us a tweet we are at radio blogging uh, mrs neeson long time listener there hello thank you so much indeed for that miss wood is also listening and the brilliant rachel Orr, who's managed to cancel very important conference call uh, well thank you so much indeed for that uh, much better you have much more fun this will be much more productive productive hello to tom sale uh, who's listening i believe over in the United Arab Emirates over there. I'm pretty sure it's over there. Thank you so much indeed. No idea what time it is there uh, this morning. Uh, this afternoon? No, you are. Plus three hours. I knew that. Uh, Goodly, C of E Primary School. Good morning to you as well. Ian, what do you have for me? 
Thank you, Russell. 18 minutes to 10 o'clock now. Um, Oliver, good morning to you. Would like a shout out for his teacher, Miss Hall. You're most welcome. We've also had a text. Good morning, gentlemen. Another great show. Can you give a huge shout out to staff and pupils at Westbury Infant School, especially all those in school today with the children of our incredible key workers? We've got Adi coming in this morning. Uh, shout out to Vian and Sachin. Uh, good morning, radio bloggers. Uh, we've also had Clem and Aurora and Krista. Yay, there is no rain. I know. At the moment, it's okay here as well. Mrs. Murrin, good morning. Willow Class Stonewith Woodford School. Looking forward to hearing Jill Lewis today. I know, really, really looking forward to it too, which they read last year, apparently. Jack, good morning, everybody. How are you doing, Jack? Nice to catch up with you again today. Noah loves radioblogging.net. Um, would love a shout out for his teacher, Mr. Babs. No problem. Adi, shout out to Vian and Sachin. Mrs. Shirtliff, good morning to you. Shout out to Honora from the Isle of Man, who is a new listener this week. We love new listeners. It's great to see her writing popping up on the Padlet. Sachi is returning to us this morning. Uh, good morning also to Mr. Belmont from Grantham. Uh, Belmont School in Grantham. Mr. G from Belmont School in Grantham. Let's get that right. Um, good morning, everyone. Looking forward to hearing Jill. She's one of our favourite authors. Also, Erin has been in touch this morning and very quickly from the comments because you can get in touch with us in many ways but do use the email as well radioblogging at gmail.com Noah's joined us as has uh, Arthur this morning would like a shout out to year six at Stone School and Krista as well Kitty Wright would like a shout out as would Louis and Freya really looking forward to it today as would Bethany Brother Loves Offsprays, and I love writing descriptive sentences. Fabulous stuff. Hannah, good morning to you. She's in year six at Barleyfields Primary School. CJ is excited for today. And Lewis from Stone School is returning to us again today and is looking forward to the activities. Pi, over to you to take the show forward. Great. Um, great start there. And I know Jill is uh, listening in and um, Skyhawk is, a, is for me um, a, a very, very special book. And we're coming to that shortly. But always at the beginning of the show, Jill, we have some audios from some of the children. So what will happen at the end of this show, we will talk through how the children can perform, can write and perform a short piece that we use at the beginning of this show. So, Russell, <clears throat> I know you've got three lined up for us today and our old friend Sachin um, uh, is included, I think. I mean, Kitty and Dad and Finley, is that right? Amazing choice, I have to say. Really good. Uh, uh, bloggers, you are doing some amazing work and congratulations. These are three of the best we've ever had. You really are streets ahead. This is Sachin having a conversation with Joan and Rodrigo. Listen to the voices here. <laughs> Joanne paused. It was just the two of them, and Captain Mahamood had left them with no instructions about what to do. Any idea what we do? Joanne whispered. All of a sudden she realised it was a mistake asking the question to an inquisitive young boy, and seconds later the answer she predicted was remarked. Let's go check out the cabin and the secret floor. But won't Captain Mahamood get furious if we accidentally tamper with her equipment? Besides, she really is a nice woman and I don't think we should sit here. And I just think we should sit here and wait. And until she... muttered Joanne. Stop being a spoiled sport. She might never ever show us these hidden gems. Rodrigo interrupted. Oh, fine. Joanne gave in. 
Although she was the elder of the two, she didn't use her older sibling powers as she had a shy nature. What'd you think of that one then, eh, Pie? I loved it. I love the voices, especially it's Rodrigo, isn't it? I love that. <laughs> Uh, and then the phrase older sibling powers yes. she did not use her older sibling no. powers because she was shy i thought that was a wonderful uh, idea sachin has really grown with this yes. producing fantastic stuff for us really playing around with it and it flows so well it sounds like something that would be on a radio show yeah. or in a book absolutely um, superb stuff really and good We've got Kitty now, haven't we? Yes, and Dad. It's lovely. This is so cute, listeners. Wrap your ears around this one. Maria, it's all thick. Excellent. Maybe we can explore. I I seem to have a map on me and a fully packed backpack. Oh, Maria, not this again. Captain said not to. Well, Captain is not here, so let's go. OK, but if anything happens, you're to blame. Nothing will happen. Don't you trust me? No, I don't trust you one little bit. Well, who cooked pasta last night? It was super noodles and they were raw. Yes, not so impressive now, is it? Just as tasty. Anyway, who flew the ship yesterday? You were flying the ship and then you crashed it and blamed it on a mouse called Gerald. Anyway, to the point, I will not come with you. Fine, I will will calm down. Ten, nine... Fine, I will come, but only five minutes, okay? Little did Maria and Jay know they were being chased by a sky ninja. Great stuff, eh? Kitty and Dad. Well, who would love to live in a house with Kitty? How amazing is that? She did it really, really well, didn't she? I, Dad was struggling at some points, I felt. But Kitty was tip-top. I love the super noodles. I cooked pasta. No, no, it was super noodles and they were raw. <laughs> that was so funny and beautifully done. Flowed splendidly. Mm. And that we got Finley and is it Benjamin? Yes, Finley is seven and Benjamin is five. Mysterious beating sounds from the forest. Mysterious beating sound in the forest. I'll get the football, I shouted to Benjamin as we wandered through the gloom of the forest. Then I got distracted by a noise. It sounded like an amplified heart beating away. Should we go any further? asked Benjamin. Of course we should, I answered, unaware of the danger that lurked ahead of us. But but Daddy will be furious, Benjamin said. I think it was because he was secretly terrified. I decided to go further towards the thumping sound, knowing Benjamin would follow. We followed the noise hesitantly. It led us towards a cave. I feel like this might be dangerous, Finley, said Benjamin timidly. I did not know at that time that Benjamin was right. What 
a great example of what young people are doing during these interesting times, eh, Pai? That, yeah, that was absolutely phenomenal. I love the way Finlay and Benjamin obviously practiced that a lot, been working well together. Uh, and the writing was very clever, I thought. Daddy will be furious. Mm. Um, and then, uh, well, actually he's saying that because he's really secretly worried about it. I thought that was really, really good. And I know that Jill will have been so excited to hear that. She's been tweeting mm. um, absolutely gobsmacked, I think I can say, if you Jill, what superb work, marvellous stuff. And imagine if you can write like that when you're seven years old. If you can write like that then, wow, how proficient you're going to be. You're going to be a tremendous writer. Well done, all of you. We love that. And at the end of the uh, uh, today's show, uh, we'll talk through how those of you are listening, how you can uh, write and record your own short piece for us that we can use for the next um, part, next uh, show tomorrow where we have um, Peter Bunzel with us, who will be uh, the great author of um, Cogheart, the Cogheart series. And now, Jill, we get to the bit where it's coming up to your reading. And if you're looking, Jill, at the page, just make sure at the top it says today's show. You're on the right page, 30th of April show. Just scroll down a little bit. And above where it says activity one, there's a small picture of a bird with a blue background. It, there's a small orange box that says in the middle, Jill Lewis response. Now, if we click on that, you just need one click. And there it comes up. Um, and there's a lovely picture of grass there. And it says, Jill Lewis response Padlet. So what is going to happen in a moment? Jill is going to read from Skyhawk um, and the children are going to respond to your reading. When you've read, Russell and I have a brief chat and then they, uh, uh, up comes the interview uh, and the children again will be responding on the Padlet. Now, in order to respond um, and Jill, you can respond back to their responses, if you see what I mean. Um, in the bottom right-hand corner, there's a pink circle with a plus mark on it. You click on that. Up comes a box. It says title. Title is where we put our name. That's important, folks, that you write your name in there um, so that we know who's to put what and we can talk to each other. So I've written pie in there. And then you just drop the cursor down where it says write something. Click there and you're now ready to write something. So... Uh, um, we're going to listen to Jill in a moment reading and everybody at home and in school can write some responses and all sorts of things get written. We might write about what we liked about the actual reading, how you read it, um, what we liked in the part of the story that you're reading. Sometimes people write little memories, things that it triggers off. Sometimes people take lines from your writing, just imitate them and do their own version. Might write about her feelings or pictures in the mind that it creates. Sometimes children come up with questions uh, that they'd like to ask, questions of the author or perhaps a character. Maybe puzzles or phrases that really struck in their head. Sometimes people do predictions, what they think is going to actually happen next. Sometimes people uh, add in bits of advice, things that they would say to the main character. So it's fairly open, Jill. Um, uh, so, Russell, I think we're ready now for um, Jill's lovely reading for this very significant book, Skyhawk, a beautiful, beautiful read for everybody. Uh, and Jill is reading. This is radioblogging.net, broadcasting live across the planet. Hello, my name's Jill Lewis, and I'm the author of Skyhawk. I'm going to read a section from chapter four in Callum's voice. I set off over the back of the hill to the lock in the next valley. 
Iona was waiting for me. You came then, she said. We were standing at the spot where I'd followed the footprints into the wood. I nodded. So what's the secret? You'll find out, said Iona. It'd better be good, I said. She turned and headed into the wood. The pines gave way to oak and birch and wild cherry. I thought I knew every inch of this farm. I'd grown up here. I'd built dens with Rob and Ewan all over it. But this path through the trees looked different. Iona stopped at the edge of a clearing. A ring of large boulders lay in a wide circle in the sunlit space. I leaned against one and pulled some damp moss with my fingers. The pale stone underneath was bright in the spring sunshine. I could imagine this was once a meeting place for the ancient Scottish warrior kings. Iona put her finger to her lips for me to be quiet. Fairy stones, she whispered. Fairy stones, I said. You've brought me all the way just to see fairy stones. Iona giggled. Shh. Don't you believe in fairies, Callum? I scowled at her. I'm going home. Iona leaned against the trunk of a tree. It looked as if she was trying not to laugh. She tapped her fingers on the bark. Can you climb? She asked. I looked up into the tree. It was an old oak that had been struck by lightning some years before. The split trunk looked like a jagged scar against the sky. The nearest branches were beyond arm's reach and the bark was damp and fringed with moss. Climb that, I snapped. Of course I can. Iona kicked off her trainers and slid her fingers and toes into the tiny cracks in the bark. In no time, she had pulled herself up into the fork of branches above. Well, are you coming, Callum? I tried to grip the tree trunk, tried to wedge my feet onto the small ridges of bark, but each time my hands and feet slid. I looked up, but Iona had disappeared further up the tree. Iona, I called. The end of a thick knotted rope fell by my feet. I hauled myself up into the tree and climbed higher to a natural platform of spreading branches. It was like a hidden fortress. You couldn't see it from the ground. Iona had made seats from old crates and there were tins and boxes and an old hurricane lamp balanced in the tree. From there I could see across the narrow waters of the lock to the mountains and the wide blue sky beyond. This is brilliant, I said. Brilliant. Shh, you've got to be quiet, she said. She pulled a canvas bag out from the hollow tree and spilled out a blanket, an old leather case and a packet of biscuits. I promise I won't tell anyone about this. She threw me a biscuit and stifled a laugh. This isn't the secret, dummy. It's better than this, a million times better. I stuffed the biscuit in my mouth. What is it then? She pointed to a cluster of Scots pine trees on the island not far from the shore. The bare tree trunks were crowned by a spread of branches, dense with green pine needles. From our platform of crates, we were level with the flattened treetops. What's so special? I said. Open your eyes, Callum, said Iona. Look! I still couldn't see what she was pointing at. A pile of sticks lay on the topmost branches, like driftwood stacked on high tide. But something was moving inside. Something was pulling the sticks into place. It wasn't just a random heap of twigs and branches. Something was building it. And then I saw it. I saw the secret hidden in our valley. No one else knew about it. Not Mum or Dad or Graham or Rob or Ewan. Just me and Iona. Amazing, isn't it? Whispered Iona. I just nodded. I was lost for words. This is radioblogging.net, broadcasting live across the planet.
Wow. I love that, Russell. That, that was such a fine reading, wasn't it? Beautiful voice, a really good reading. And um, I found it quite moving, actually, strangely moving, sitting here uh, and being read to. What a wonderful thing. Thank you so much, Jill. When I first got the book, Skyhawk, um, it made me think a little bit of Michael Morpurgo. Got the same emotional punch to it. Um, I love the way all her books, uh, almost all of them, are built around uh, different animals as white dolphin, moon bear, scarlet ibis, gorilla dawn. Um, and Skyhawk is a great, great read, a deep read and a very important read as well. Uh, and I know that children, Key Stage 2, um, it's a lovely one to be, have read to you if you're a bit younger. Um, but a 9, 10, 11, 12 year olds, get your noses tucked into these books. They're great. OK, back to the Padlet, Jill. So um, I've got written pie there um, and then I've written now. Let me see. I love the way Jill keeps the reader waiting to discover what the secret might be. It builds expectation and creates tension. Iona is a great character, too. I'd tell Callum to trust her. And what we found uh, is that um, everybody gets very excited. And I know now there'll be hundreds of these being created and David will be looking at them. They're all checked. Everything is double checked. So nothing silly can go up on there. Everybody's safe. It's all all right. David will be reading them. Uh, but what we found is sometimes people get excited about what they've got to say and forget to reread it. So I've reread mine. I've double checked. I've missed no words out. Uh, the spellings um, ticked top in my opinion. I've Topped and tailed with capital letter exclamation mark. I've got a couple of sentences, three sentences. So that's all sorted. I mean, you click on the rest of the Padlet to publish it and it will say awaiting approval. And there is actually here. Deputy Mitchell has already put one up saying, please remember to check your sentences before submitting. David, you can see everything that's happening, can't you? So you must have noticed that people are writing sentences without things like capital letters and full stops, etc. Is that right? Yes. I mean, I can I get to see everybody's uh, padlets or post-it notes live as they're writing them. So I can see letter by letter uh, everybody's writing so I can see what's happening. So, yes, initially I saw quite a few people forgetting their capital letters for their names, but then I can see people go back and correct them. So it's great that I can see that. But yes, we do tend to get, I don't know, around 50%, about half of the Padlets possibly don't have uh, punctuation at the end of them as well. But that's a good way to indicate to me that you're ready for yours to be submitted when I can see mm. the punctuation. So, mm. yeah, just be fussy. Uh, take the advice Pi is saying. Go back and check. And I think, Pi, mm. you know, if they do spot a, uh, an error, you know how they can correct that, don't you? Yes, I've done it a number of times myself. Uh, so if you if you reread yours when you posted it, you then think to yourself, oh, dear, that's a bit silly. Um, uh, all you do is you hover the cursor over it and a little box appears, a grey box with three dots. Click on that and it gives you the opportunity to edit. Uh, Mr. Vincer, hello there. Down in Tenterden, I think I'm right in saying. I love how the writing is so descriptive that I can see the world that Callum and Iona are seeing in my own head. And Jill has posted one. Uh, Jill, you've got to, uh, she's uh, responding to Davidson, who says he's been to the Isle of Iona, have you? And of course, very often, you know, where do we get names from, from characters? And maybe that was in Jill's head. I don't know. Uh, in order to see the posts as they go up, Jill, you've got to go to the very top of the page where it says radioblogging.net. There is to the right of that a semicircle 
with an arrow on it. You click on that, it refreshes the page. And suddenly, if you drop down, bingo, up come, there must be 50 that have already been posted there. Now, Russell, we've had the reading, but you also ended an interview with Jill, didn't you, about Skyhawk and her writing. So while we're listening to that, folks, you can keep on the response padlet and you might want to jot up anything that Jill is saying about her writing and the, and the story that you think, oh, I need to capture that. I need to remember that. That's a good point about writing. So we're responding to the reading, but we're also capturing points about writing uh, from the interviews. I loved it. Just a cracking story. Amazing. So um, how do you set the characters up in a, a position of jeopardy and suspense? As a writer, how do you construct that? I think as a writer, what you want to do is imagine you're there and you want to actually imagine you're pulling your readers, you're taking your reader by the hand into that situation. And sometimes you want to, sometimes there are big dilemmas, sometimes there are very small sort of nuanced ones, but you want your reader to think, sometimes you want them to think, what would I do in this situation? And when, if you leave that on the end of a chapter, then the reader is thinking, what would I do if I were that person? I'll find out what this character is going to do and see what happens then. Or sometimes you just want to have this reveal, this hidden thing that you want your reader to feel the excitement and in this case what was Iona looking at what was the secret you want to build that tension by first of all having Callum thinks she's brought him to see the fairy stones that's not very exciting but suddenly it's this tree house this is the best thing and then you think no it's better than this so you want your reader to be thinking what could be better than that and then the thing that's better than that is just incredible and sort of blows his mind so you're always trying to sort of gradually build the tension up and up and up to a point where you have to know what happens next brilliant absolutely brilliant you do it so so well thank you so much indeed for uh, a lovely reading i've really enjoyed that and thanks very much for joining us oh thank you so much fantastic so uh, lovely, lovely reading. Thank you ever so much, Jill. And, and uh, keep refreshing the page and the children will be jotting comments and thoughts and ideas on the response padlet. Now, we ought to really go back to the main page. So we're clicking back to the main page where it says activity one. And there is the picture of an osprey. And if you just scroll down, you can see there's a bigger uh, version of the Padlet. You can make it full screen just by clicking underneath where it tells you to. Osprey descriptive sentences. Now we have done this many, many times, sharpening our um, our ability to write descriptive uh, language to build a picture for the reader. If we if there is a significant object or animal or, or something in the setting that we need to describe, because there may not be an illustration. We need to be able to write pretty good descriptive sentences. And to do that, of course, we have to observe carefully. So we have to be able to look. You can use your imagination a bit, but we've got the curve of the beak there. We've got the eye. Um, we've got the wings. We've got the feathers. We've got that tail fanned out at the back. We've also got the talons uh, of the bird. So what the children now do is everybody writes a descriptive sentence. And very often we write ones as if, uh, it was part of a story. So again, I click on my pink um, circle and up comes my little so box. I write pie, Let's, uh, click down where it says write something. The osprey hung in the cold, in the uh, cold air. So I'm typing this as I'm speaking. The osprey hung in the, I've written collar, 
cold air. It's so easy to make a mistake. The Osprey hung in the cold air um, high above me. Its wings spread out. Its wings spread out as it um, swooped towards the lake. Full stop. Right, I'm rereading it. The osprey hung in the cold air high above me. Its wing, it wings, its wings spread out as it swooped towards the lake. Okay, reasonably pleased with that. Sounds like something from a story. Um, and I'm going to click on the blue and bingo, it says awaiting approval. And when we put ours up, Jill, and by now there will be children who are writing theirs and David will be seeing them appear. We like to read each other's. And in the bottom left hand corner, there's a little heart. And if you click on that, I've clicked on mine, which means that I liked it. And we read each other's, of course, because we sometimes pick up good ideas. We learn from each other. Um, and that's part and parcel of doing this work. So everybody like mad is adding to the Padlet. Have we got a short musical interlude, Russell, while people are working? Always. And a couple of shout outs for you afterwards. This one is one of my right. favourites. It's a nice busying tune. <laughs> Hello, I'm Michelle Paver, and you're listening to radioblogging.net. You are at that magical time, listeners. It's ten past ten. It's smiley face, clock face time. And time for some shout-outs as well. Please can I have an exciting shout-out. You can. I'm doing as much excitement as I can to Emma, Dean, Ailey, Nina, Gregory, and any other pupils from Scale Mori Primary School listening today. Mrs. Eltringham, hello to you. A long-time listener there. It's lovely to have your company. Uh, tweet from Dr. Tony Parkin. Just love this. On radio blogging at High Corbett has just admitting to locking Connie in the loft. But don't worry the mouse gerald is on the case so clever that's so clever i love that tony thank you so much joe pierce also and a very good morning to Stuart mclean who is listening in at hoth primary school you are very welcome and good morning to you sarah jordan i think i've said already said hello to you um rachel or is going for <laughs> tweet of the week my goodness uh she said it's busying time love this music russell you are very welcome rachel ian what have you got for us Thank you very much indeed, Russell. Well, uh, somebody would like a shout out for Harriet Blake uh, from Bramley Primary School and Key Workers. Um, also, Molly would like a shout out for Daisy and Agatha Winnie from Stone with Woodford School. Good morning to you. Thank you very much for getting in touch. I had a couple of emails come in, which is lovely, to radioblogging at gmail.com. Elaine Holbert says, hello to all my class, missing everyone. And Mrs. E from Isla and Daisy's Skelmorny Primary School, enjoying the show. Thank you so much. Delia, Mrs. Knappman has been in touch this morning. Please could you say hello to the Year 5s at Greenfield Primary School. It's their first week listening and they are enjoying it so far. Thank you. You are most welcome. I'm really glad you've joined us. Thank you for coming along and uh, I'm glad you're enjoying the show as well. Also got some comments here. Advaith says, happy Thursday. Great to be back. Uh, shout out for all the hardworking teachers at Warren Road Primary and a round of applause for all of the NHS staff and key workers. Absolutely couldn't agree more. Toby, shout out to Tatsfield Primary School as well. Mrs Sawyer, very excited to hear Jill Lewis, Class 4 at Lady Hastings, Thorpe Arch, read Skyhawk and read Skyhawk and loved it. Jill, thank you for a wonderful story. It's beautiful, wasn't it? Beautiful reading this morning. Jensen really liked the book. Jamie Thornton, sixth time in a row listening. 
Also, Arthur, a returning listener. Please, can you give a shout out to Louis and James? Absolutely can. Rosie and Sam, good morning to you. Thank you for coming back and joining us. Emma, so excited for today's show. Also, Skell Morley Primary School, um, they're returning listeners and they've joined us more and more. Douglas, shout out to Mr. Goodwin and 5G at Mallory's Junior School. Dean, good morning to you. Also, Kat, it's Miss Clouds or Close, hope I pronounced that correctly, at Linton Primary School. Uh, we are loving the games here at school. Thank you. Not a problem at all. Caroline, love Jill Lewis's books and I'm really excited to hear her on the show. I hope you enjoyed it. She was fabulous this morning. So loved it. Uh, Sam, I'm planning to continue the airship story after this week and turn it into a full-scale novel. I'll be delighted mm-hmm. to hear that. Thanks for, ins- thanks for inspiring. Sam, aged 11. Uh, Rebecca, hello. Looking forward to day six from me. Freya, can I just say that Cara from the White Dolphin is amazing. Felix and Daisy are pretty cool. Say hi to Gerald for me. We will. I'll pass that on to my good friend, Pi Corbett. Animal, can I have a shout-out? Akshath, can I have a shout-out from my brother, Advaith? Yes, absolutely. Archie and Devon would like a shout out to everyone in year five Kathmandu class I've never heard of a class called Kathmandu class that is creative uh, Katie and Noah as well Daria good morning to you Kosi has joined us as has uh, Rebecca from St Paul's Holly as well for 26th time listening have a good day you have a good day as well Holly also James shout out to Felix and Luke Rebecca um, and Isabella as well and Hi, Radio Blogging team. Please call Bella. She is my best friend. A shout out for her. Absolutely no problem at all. Thank you for getting in touch. I'm going to hand over now to Pi, who's going to take the show forward. Pi, over to you. Yeah, nimble as a ferret. We're moving forwards. And uh, remember, Jill, you've got to keep refreshing the top of the page uh, to see all the different um, bits and bobs that the children have been writing up. And we're moving now um, to the second reading. And Jill is going to read to us from The Closest Thing to Flying, which is uh, a very recent uh, book. So, Russell, have you got that one lined up for us? Hello, my name is Jill Lewis, and I am the closest thing to flying. I'm going to read chapter one from The Closest Thing to Flying. Samira wasn't sure what it was about the hat that made her stop and look. Maybe it was the bird. She had seen a bird like this before, some time ago. Hot sun, blue sky, red earth, wide puddle, green bird, green bird. The bird on the hat was real. It was small and parrot-like with emerald green feathers and a red coral-coloured beak. It was stuffed and positioned, its wings in flight as if trying to escape. Maybe that's why she'd stopped. Or maybe it was because the hat was crushed. It was a mangled mess of felt and wire. The velvet flowers and leaves had been ripped and torn. Maybe it was seeing something so beautiful that had been deliberately destroyed and battered almost beyond recognition. Yet the bird remained untouched. It was still perfect but held by a strand of wire so fine as to be invisible, its beak open in some desperate, silent cry. She leaned in closer for a look. Twenty quid, love. Samira looked up. The man behind the stall yawned and drank from his mug of coffee. It's Victorian, over a hundred years old, he said. The real thing. Samira looked back at the hat. She only had the change in her pocket from the £10 note Rebel had given her to buy a set of saucepans at the second-hand market. She'd bought them cheap as they'd lost their non-stick coating and she had £4 left over. Still, it wasn't enough to buy the hat. She wasn't thinking of buying it anyway, was she? 
The man took another swig of coffee. The hat sat among the rest of the brick-and-brack at Ron's stall. Ron and his brother were the clearance people. They bought up and sold the contents of the houses of people who died when there were no relatives left to come for the belongings. Samira had been with Rebel to pick up a microwave oven from Ron only yesterday. There wasn't much on the stall today. A china dog, a half set of teacups, a copper ash bucket and a poker for a fire. No one in London had real fires these days, did they? And then there was the hat. The hat with the bird. What sort is it? asked Samira. Eh? What sort of bird? I don't know, said Ron. What's it matter? The woman at the next door leaned over to him. You'd be rubbish on Antiques Roadshow, Ron. She turned to Samira. He'll let you have it for ten quid, love. Ron scowled. It's Victorian. It came from that mad professor's house. It's a pile of junk, said the woman. You couldn't wear it. He'll let you have it for a fiver, love. He hasn't sold anything all day. She chuckled, clearly enjoying herself. Samira reached into a pocket and held out the four pound coins. Ron placed his mug down with a thump. He turned to the woman. I've not seen you sell anything today. Sell your own stuff. Oh, come on. You can see the girl wants the hat. You'll never get rid of it. You'll end up chucking it away. Ron rolled his eyes and picked up the hat, holding it out to Samira. And the box it comes in, said the woman. Samira hadn't noticed the box it was sitting on. A cylindrical hat box covered in faded black velvet. That's separate, said Ron. You can't do that, said the woman. It's against consumer rights, that is, they go together. Ron opened the hat box, shoved the hat inside and handed it to Samira and snatched the coins from her hand. The woman chuckled again. Reckon you should be employ me, Ron. I'd clear your stall in half a day. Samira balanced the bag of saucepans on top of the hat box and left them bickering. It was a huge hat box and much heavier than it looked. What had she done? What was she even thinking? Why had she bought it? Rebel would be furious if he found out. She and Mama had to were never allowed to buy anything for themselves or to keep any of the money. They had to give any of the money they had to him. It would be hard to hide this hat box from Rebel. Maybe she should just take it back or throw it away. But there was something about it. What was it about the emerald green bird that had caught her eye? Samira hugged the hat box against her chest and kept on walking. And all she could think is that she wanted to find out why. This is radioblogging.net. And I love the way she ends there, Russell, with um, this very significant object that uh, is leaving her at the end of the chapter wondering. I thought that was great. Well, mm. uh, she's got such a lovely reading voice, hasn't mm. she? Mm. Um, folks, go back on to the response bit, Jill Lewis' response about that activity one, and, and leave Jill some thoughts about um, uh, that particular one. That's a newer, from a newer book, and... Um, She's written a lot, and I would say, having read all of them, I haven't read that one yet, but everything else I've read, I'd say that the, all of them are well worth getting your noses tucked into, beautifully written. And just to follow on from that, Russell, activity two, we've got that um, uh, descriptive sentences for uh, the the hat. Um, I've put mine in already, so I wrote um, uh, usual procedure, click on the pink button, up comes the box. I wrote, the hat perched on her head, a blue ribbon wound round like a strip of sky. It wobbled as Mrs. Jenkins made her way through the market. 
So what we're doing here is we've got a significant object. We need perhaps a descriptive sentence to bring that alive, to draw the reader's attention to that, but try and make it sound as if it's part of the story. So I think we could get the Padlet 2s going now with some descriptive sentences. And very shortly, we're coming to Gerald uh, and, uh, and um, his adventures uh, on the airship. But that will be in a moment. Do we have time, do you think, Russell, for a little bit of a, a musical interlude before uh, uh, we, we move do? On? We certainly do. But I also have the I have another interview with Jill. If that you want oh, yes. that, would you like to run yeah. that now instead of the music? Because I think yeah, that would be really so. nice. Because I was mm. able to ask her some more detailed questions mm. uh, about that particular piece. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Now, I'm not familiar with the story, but I knew the way you were describing the bird that there had to be more to it. You're so clever and talented. I loved it. What it, Your choice of words, your choice of words, purposeful and meaningful. How did you go about constructing that? Well, the story, the main thread of the story is revealed the bird is really important to Samira. It unlocks her whole past, and that past is hugely emotional for her to understand. And it's also hugely important for how she and her mother will navigate their life in the future. So everything pivots on this one bird. So I wanted that to be in the first chapter, this one small bird that she happens to see that changes her world. And it's a bird which has also changed the world of another girl who lived over a hundred years ago. I loved it. And as soon as Ron said 20 quid love, I've, <laughs> I, I've been to that market. I've oh, been yeah. there and I've had exactly the same experience where the, the fellow stallholder has leaning over an inter <laughs> I've been there. Everyone has been there. You've beautifully, what experience did you use to draw upon that? Um, I, I've been to those markets <laughs> many times I think as a student living in London you'd go along looking for um, anything sort of cheap to buy and I used to love also going to Camden Market and I just think the whole history of objects that you find you know that these things have been handed down through history through families for some reason somebody's wanted something and passed it on I love that idea of every object has a history um, that's touched other people. I think it's incredible. But and so that's why I wanted to somehow connect a modern day girl with a girl many many years ago, and they've both got the same journey. They they come from very different mm. backgrounds. Um, Samira's an asylum seeker coming from Eritrea, trying to um, find safety in Britain, and the girl who Samira meets through the diary is a Victorian girl who, living over 100 years ago, who comes from a very upper-middle-class family, but yet she's she faces lots of dilemmas in her life as well. Brilliant. Um, note-taking. Um, as a brilliant writer, do you have a notebook? What's in it? Or do you find other ways to record your experiences for the writing process? Oh, um, <laughs> I really wish I was a very good diarist I sort of, whenever I start diaries they sort of stop at about the 4th of January and I sort of <laughs> run out of steam but I, I do keep notes more in the form of pictures I when I when I write my I don't start with words I start with lots of drawings and illustrations I like to know what my characters look like what the landscape around them look like so sometimes I'll do spend quite a long time on an illustration sometimes they're just very sketchy but somehow and what I find is that 
drawing sort of lets all the words loosen up in your head. I can't describe it any different way than that. If I had to write the story straight down on paper, I would struggle. But by thinking about it, by drawing, by throwing all these ideas into the air as it feels, then I sort of find the story and also think about the story as well. Think about the twists and turns as I'm as I'm drawing those characters. So I, for me, that's a really important part of the process. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It's been a real pleasure. And thank you so much. It was a lovely reading as well. You read so beautifully. Thank you so much. Uh, real pleasure to listen to you. Jill Lewis, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. This is radioblogging.net, broadcasting live across the planet. Wow. Uh, there's so much in there, wasn't there, Russell? And it, it, that whole business of, of historical objects um, containing a story, the history of objects. One of my most precious possessions I found when I was walking with my mother, who was uh, a big historian and did a lot of archaeology. We were walking in a wood near Battle, where the Battle of Hastings happened. We're in a wood and I found um, on uh, in a stream, I found a tile, a Roman tile. Um, and it's a sort of light orangey colour. And the most amazing thing about this tile is that it has a cat's paw print in the tile. So years, years ago, thousand years ago, somebody was making tiles, roofing tiles. And a cat must have, as they were drying in the sun, a cat must have run across uh, the tiles. And it's a lovely example of how an object can contain a story. So... Choosing objects uh, carefully in our store is going to be important. We've got lots and lots of um, on the Padlet coming up there, people writing descriptive uh, sentences. Chloe's written, the magnificent hat glowed happily with the lady glaring ahead. I love your contrast there with the hat looking one thing, but the person wearing it, something completely different. I thought that was really, really clever. The, um, uh, lots and lots of other ideas coming up there everybody's working hard david's put something up saying remember to double check so that what that means is dominic i can see um there capital letter I, once a teacher always a teacher dominic uh lovely sentences the red scarf shook as she ran through the market with a green dress dragged behind her i love the idea it's not overwritten fantastic piece and when you look at that, Dominic, just put hover your cursor over it. Up comes the little edit box. Click on that and you can nip back nimble as a weasel and just um, tidy that up. You'll be able to instantly see what I'm thinking about. Um, nice piece of writing. Let's all be fussy, folks. Matteo, I think it's called a, a magaffin when there is a rare and important object or piece of information. I didn't know that. Um, you may well be right. Jack Davy, the hat loomed on her head, an eagle's feather swaying in the wind, sniffing the smell of the Christmas market, the blue ribbon flying wildly in the calm, fresh air. I love that idea of the, uh, sniffing the smell of the Christmas market. Really brings it alive. Nice one, Jack. Um, really, really good. So I think while all of that is going on, are we, are we going to have the musical interlude? Oh, um, we so are. I, I searched on Pigeon and came up with this. Love this station. Absolutely love the station. Oh, yeah. You guys are the best, best, best. It is the best station. <laughs> this is radioblogging.net, online radio live blogging. It's only now I'm appreciating the poetry in there, Pi, I have to say. So <laughs> clever. It's 28 minutes past 10. You are with radio blogging, and we have so much more, don't we, Pi? Mm, we certainly do. 
Uh, are we going to move on to Brave Gerald? I think that's probably time, isn't it? So underneath the second padlet, the lady with the hat, where lots and lots of uh, great sentences are going up there. Underneath it, there is a box, a rectangular, <clears throat> a rectangle, it, orange, it says Brave Gerald. Click on there. And what's been happening, Jill, is across this week, because all of this week we've had authors on each day, we have a, a story that we're adding to each day. And I've been creating my story each day and the children are creating the next bit in their story each day. So by the end of the week, we will have written, uh, everybody will have written a fairly extended story. And in my story, we got to the point uh, where... Um, the airship that the two main characters are in, Ty and Mariana, the airship has been in a thunderstorm and has had to land in a in an empty square in a ruined city. And the balloon has be has a big tear in it, a rip in it, uh, and they need something really tough in order to mend it. So the captain, Captain O'Halligan, and the crew have gone off and the children have been told, whatever you do, stay in the safety of the airship. And they're supposed to be tidying up. They start tidying up, but that Mariana, who is a bit headstrong, decides to go and investigate a little cottage she can see in the corner of the square and drags Ty along. And in they go. And unbeknown to them, there has been, folks, a stowaway on the airship. And the stowaway is Gerald the Mouse, and he sees a sky pirate following them. I'm just going to pick it up from the end of yesterday. For a moment, the square was empty and silent, but then Gerald saw something move. Somebody was following the children, hiding in shadows and then slipping in after them through the doorway. Even though Gerald was a mouse inexperienced in the ways of airship travel, he had read about sky pirates. There was only one thing to do. He had to warn the children, and that meant entering the ruined cottage. Without a second thought, he swung down onto the square and scuttled towards the dark opening where the door had once been. The cottage was quite dark. It smelt musty, cobwebs hung from rotten beams, and the dusty floor was a jumble of broken furniture, shreds of leather, half-finished boots and rusted tools. They paused for a moment and listened as something scuttled in a corner where there was a small workbench. It was obvious now that once the cottage had been where a craftsman in leather had worked. Mariana made her way towards the bench, opened the top drawer and tugged out a sturdy leathery hide. As luck would have it, it was just what they needed. The old dragon's skin was the toughest material on earth and would be ideal for mending the balloon. At that moment, a shadow filled the doorway. Without realising, Ty gripped Mariana's hand and they both ducked down, holding their breath. Seconds passed and then they could see the silhouette of a sky pirate as he peered into the gloom and began to walk towards the very spot where they were hidden. Ty squeezed Mariana's hand so tightly that she almost called out. But just as the pirate loomed above, loomed above them, there was an almighty squeak that pierced the silence. The pirate spun round, staring towards the other side of the room where something was making a scratching sound. Tugging out a curved blade, the pirate moved away and crouched down to peer beneath the ruins of a table. Something there kept drawing his attention, a constant scrabbling sound. The children waited, hearts thudding, as the pirate began to shift old bits of furniture. In the distance, the children could just hear the crew returning. Mariana grabbed Ty's arm. And the pair leapt through the doorway and dashed across the square, 
towards where the airship Captain O'Halligan and the crew stood waiting. Sky pirate! yelled Mariana, and immediately O'Halligan dispatched several crew members to investigate. An hour later, with the balloon ended, the star grazer began to ascend, slowly and gracefully up and away from the city and into the sky. While Mariana was at the helm, watching how the ship was flown, Ty sneaked back into their cabin. As they had fled from the cottage, a tiny figure had leapt onto his shoulder and hidden in his coat. Ty stroked the little mouse, who stood up on two legs, begging for another piece of cheddar or a tasty morsel of camembert. So, what have we got in which Gerald does a brave thing? So when you are writing the next part of your story, your airship or, or vehicle that you have chosen has landed somewhere or other. It's broken down or for some reason they've landed. And then you need to get your two main characters away from the body of the ship doing something or other and put them in danger. So get them in somewhere dark, maybe a little bit cold where they can't quite see what they're doing. And then they can hear something or catch a glimpse of something which gets closer and closer. And then you've got to get them out and escape from whatever it is, this threat that is getting closer and closer. You've got to get them to escape and you can use some sort of diversion. And in my story, my diversion was getting Gerald the mouse bravely going into that little cottage and diverting the sky pirate's attention by scrabbling and scratching. And in order to post your blog, if you flick underneath, you can see where you put your title and your name. And then your blog goes in in the larger box and then fill in the other bits and bobs. And right at the bottom, you can um, sub you can submit uh, your piece of writing. So that uh, is the next part for Gerald, uh, the mouse uh, and Ty and Mariana. And so. What happens now, Jill, is the children later on today probably will carry on with their long story and those get posted up. And if you're interested in seeing the posts, um, if you go to the top of the page, it says listeners posts. We just click on there and up come all the posts. And we've had something phenomenal. David, we've had what? Is it 2000 posts or something? Well, including everything that's been submitted to the to the blog, we've had over twenty, uh, well, about twenty two thousand uh, entries. Um, many of those blog posts and comments, uh, which are also really important to the children. But yeah, twenty two thousand. When we started this, we never thought we would get that kind of numbers, which is which is just phenomenal. Um, so there's a rich bank of writing up there. And it's just a case of uh, anyone being able to go and click on them. Leaving comments is always welcome to the children. Every single thing is checked before being approved on this site. Um, so we make sure it's totally safe, Pi. Mm. That's really important, isn't it? And um, all of them are checked. And tomorrow we have Peter Bunzel on, author of Cockart. And um, tomorrow we're going to talk a little bit about the, well, not a little bit, we're going to um, talk more about the, uh, competition, the story competition. What we're hoping is that the stories that you've been developing and growing, that you can pull the whole thing together. And uh, we'll talk more about that tomorrow because we're now on 1036. Uh, and um, really, I ought to mention the extension task. So under the, if you go back to the original page, underneath Brave Gerald, there is another orange box which says extension task. And this is where um, I'm introducing uh, and David, we need to get the performance tablet on that page um, for this final bit. 
um, but that can be done in the next few minutes. So uh, Ruin City interview. So the challenge is this, that the children have been in a ruined city. That's where the airship landed. And we would like you to create and then record a performance of your piece of writing. So practice it. And we like to add the voices in there. Um, uh, and it's an interview with Professor Dusty Fusty. And Professor Dusty Fusty is the world expert on this particular setting, this ruined city. So you're going to need a TV presenter or a radio presenter, and then you're going to need the present, uh, the professor talking. So this is one for, for two voices. I'll read you my example, uh, and then I'll hand over to David. He'll just talk a little bit about how you record yours. So here we go. Uh, interview with Professor Dusty Fusty. So here we are. This evening, we are delighted to welcome to the studio Professor Dusty Fusty. Good evening, Professor. What can you tell us about the ancient ruined city where the airship Stargrazer has been grounded? Ah, thank you. Terragratium was once a wonderful city. It had a population of over 30,000 and thrived for many calendar years. The city had religious sites, markets and shops. There was a large outdoor theatre and bathing pools. The roads were tree-lined, and the ancient squares where the townsfolk gathered in the evenings were very beautiful. Well, how did all this come to an end? Uh, it was many calendar moons ago. There was a terrible earthquake. The queen at the time ordered an evacuation of the city, but sky pirates took advantage of the weakened state of the people and bombarded the fleeing population from the safety of their airships. Now, some say that the Queen and a few of her soldiers escaped and are still living in the surrounding forest, but no one dares return there. Well, why is that? Ah, well, you see, the Sky Pirates now use the city as their base. No, they've not rebuilt anything. They just use the old city to hide away. They are despicable cowards. Well, folks, that's all we've got time for tonight, but thank you, Professor Dusty Fusty. Yeah. Mm. Good night to you, young man. So there's my interview. I, th I think the professor's voice changed every time he spoke slightly. And at one point I felt I had the in intonation of Boris Johnson creeping in there. Uh, but there you go. If you listen to these things, that's what happens. And Jill, if you go down the bottom, scroll right down the bottom, you can see all the different. We've had visitors from over 100 different countries. You can see all the flags there. And there is the bit that uh, uh, David and I get very excited about you can see the globe and on the globe all those little red dots these are people listening in and you can see the flags uh, the little post-it somebody in Perth is listening in and that'll be um, our, fr our talk for writing friends over there Ultranum, Ipswich all the flags coming up really exciting David just if you could just say a little bit about how the children record their interviews so we can start tomorrow with two or three interviews Yes, fantastic. Um, yes, you know when uh, you, you build something and on, on like a, a word process and you forget to press save? That's what I did. So it's all there now. If people go in and uh, if you're on the page and there's the Padlet is not there, just refresh the page. Everything's there now. Um, so everything you need. You will find underneath the writing that Pi has written, you'll see a form. That's to craft your own blog post around that. Underneath the form, you will see there's a player. And in that player, if you click play, there are some audio audio instructions on how to create your audio Padlet. So everybody now knows how to create their 
post-it notes on a padlet and to do your audio one very very simple very similar um, you just create your new post-it note but instead of starting to type in your blank post-it note you select the three dots which is an option menu which brings up a list and you simply go for voice um, and you can follow the instructions you'll need to give your device permission to use your microphone so you click yes to that and you should be able to record and you can play and save it and check it if you're happy with it then submit it any problems whatsoever with that you can always try the video so instead of, instead of clicking voice you can select video but please please put your thumb over the camera we won't be able to publish anything if we got the uh, pictures or images of you uh, on there um, but we had about 50% of the ones submitted last night were done on video and every single one of them managed to cover up the video mm. uh, with the camera. So that's mm. great. And if mm. people have problems, get parents to contact the show, radioblogging at gmail.com or you can tweet this show on at radioblogging. We will help and talk you through it uh, throughout the day because we're always popping back on uh, to approve posts. So have a go. It's about being brave uh, more than anything. Uh, you can have a listen to all the others and just have a go and see what you can come up with. Mm. This has been a really interesting part of the show, hasn't it, Russell? The way in which um, we've begun to develop um, and improve the quality of the audios that people have put up just through mm. practice, um, getting together, writing it, practicing it, bouncing it back between you. And when it's really, really good, uh, record it. So the quality of that. Same with the writing. You can see the quality over time going up just through practice and then thinking about oh, how could I tweak that and improve it? It's been uh, quite extraordinary to see that and, and uh, really exciting for us, hasn't it, Russell? Absolutely. It's, uh, radio is an important part of my life and uh, mm. the speech and language is so uh, important. This all just gels so beautifully for us. So remember not to get too close to the microphone, folks. If you can uh, lift your laptop or device off the table with a book or something just so it doesn't catch the vibrations just for a short while whilst you do a recording, top tips like that try and move to a quiet area of the room if you're at home choose some room with spongy things in it that kind of absorb the sounds if you're at school that might be harder but you know sitting on the carpet in the the spongy seating area in your library area might be a good good top tip if you can manage that as well uh, shout outs from ian i think finally before we close the show ian what have you got for us Thank you very much indeed, Russell. Yeah, I've got a few just to wrap them up from this morning. Uh, Noah wanted a shout out for his friends, uh, Jonah and Esme, who are listening this morning. Um, Ilana, Zoe, Ryan, Olivia, Archie, Oliver, Frank, Eli, India, Isabella, Tulisa, Jake. Can they have a shout out, please, from Cameron, Sebastian, who is really enjoying the show. Going to read the books mentioned today. Brilliant. That's what this is all about. Can we please say hi to Primary 5-6 and Mrs. E at Skelmorley Primary School? And finally, Mrs. Eltringham. Hi, Sebastian. Hope you keep listening to the show. I think it's great too. And also mentioning Malamander by Thomas Taylor, a fantastic seaside tale of a fish monster. So many good books, so many good authors. We are blessed to have these people on our show. It really is so rich in uh, literacy quality and it's such a privilege to be a part of it russell back to you thanks so much indeed that's all we've got time for today it's just coming up to a quarter to 11 uh, this is the day that pi corbett discovered gifts ladies and gentlemen it'll go down <laughs> in history and we may all need help and counseling later on today <laughs> he's just mastering it's an exciting moment it's like the birth of a new species it's lovely <laughs> to be there in the moment uh, we have an amazing day thank you so much indeed for our very special guest today jill mm -hmm. uh, lewis 
Lewis. If you want to follow her, she is Jill underscore underscore Lewis. Thank you, David, for that. Uh, she's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I loved, loved, loved you, Jill. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining in on the Padlets and on Twitter as well, Jill. It's lovely to have you along. And uh, we're welcoming any other authors, if you're listening to this. Um, who else would we like, Pi? Who would we have? David Williams, is he on our list? Would we like him? We would like him, Jacqueline Wilson. I think we've got Cressida Cowell possibly yes. coming up, haven't we? Yes, Which we is have. Yes, going we to have. be really exciting. And Peter, Peter tomorrow, um, the the Cogcart Man, uh, a wonderful, wonderful series. And next week, I am planning all sorts of interesting things. In particular, Monday will be handing over by a request from thousands of people. Monday will be Gerald the Mouse running the show. You heard it here first, ladies. We're all out of a job. We're handing it over. It's the Gerald Takeover Day. And my goodness, we might need some help. Until then, listeners, thank you so much for joining us. A whole show is wrapped up and popped on the website for you to enjoy 24-7. And remember, you can go back through the archive and pick any show up that you fancy you can see the topic of the show you can see the day of the show and all of the components you can listen to that day's show and follow the activities on our website the website is open 24 7 across the planet until then whatever you're doing stay safe you've been listening to another cracking radio blogging show with me russell prue deputy mitchell ian rocky and Pi corbett until then catch you tomorrow 9 30 Welcome to Radio Blogging, daily shows with interactive activities to keep everyone busy and engaged. Brought to you by Pi Corbett, David Mitchell, Ian Rocky, and Russell Prue. Just listen and blog. It's live, fun, and interactive. And with new educational tasks every day, just head over to radioblogging.net to listen and find out more. 